You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. I'm Michael. And the purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. For today's episode number 36 of our show, we'll look at something that's unfortunately quite common, somewhat intense, but often not talked about. It is, who is he? Who is she? What's going on when someone close to you becomes someone else? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Really? Have you known someone who is normally quite a wonderful person, but suddenly seemed to become someone you didn't know at all? That person could be a parent, a sibling, a relative, a child, a neighbor, a friend, a teacher, a minister, a workmate, a boss, or a professional colleague. It could be anyone, maybe someone on Facebook. And you'd be able to tell because it's not your usual person going through frustration and anger or being moody or whatever temporary emotional state that we all go through at times. When we're being emotional, it is still us being emotional. But the kind of person we're talking about today actually seems to become someone completely different than who he or she is normally. It's not just that they may go into a rage or despondency or some other emotional state. They become someone totally different going through those emotions. If they're talking to you when this change happens, they just don't even sound like themselves, like the person you know. The classic novella by Robert Louis Stevenson, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, is a story about a very extreme form of this switch in identities that some people go through spontaneously to such or to much lesser degree. Originally sold as a Penny Dreadful book. What a name, Penny Dreadful. It's dreadful, just for a shilling. (laughs) Yes, it sold between 40,000 and 60,000 copies in the first six months of publication. And this was about 100 years ago, so that says a lot. Perhaps the popularity of the story is that almost everyone has encountered at least a milder form of this personality switch from a known likable person to a much more destructive person and back in someone they knew. Or it may have even given some of the readers confirmation of what they had long suspected was happening to themselves. So what is this seeming spontaneous switch that some people go through from being their normal self to becoming someone completely different? In the more extreme cases, people may have sought the help of a psychologist or psychiatrist which they should have, yes, who then may have diagnosed a variety of known mental and psychological conditions. Yet, there are many people who live with this happening, but learn to manage living an outwardly normal life, having jobs, relationships, and everything else. 
It's just those periodic instances or episodes in which such persons become unrecognizable to those who know them. Clairvoyants, mediums, shamans, and other spiritually aware people have long recognized that this outwardly inexplicable switch of personalities happens in those who have a higher degree of a psychic ability called mediumship. This ability, like all abilities, is a powerful and wonderful ability to have. It becomes increasingly more important to develop correctly the further a soul advances on its spiritual path. However, this ability, like all abilities, can be incorrectly or ignorantly used, in which case it can bring about much suffering. And in our line of business, we have seen a lot of suffering in this area and worked with it. First, a little bit about mediumship, which in it, in and of itself, <clears throat> a vast and profound subject that we will cover over time in many ways. Mediumship, very simply put, is the ability to disengage more from the body consciousness and become much more aware of spirit, energy, consciousness, and activities. In the mainstream, mediumship has become a more common word from having TV shows and movies involving both fictionalized as well as real mediums at work. And I've actually seen some of these shows exactly portray what I've experienced many times. Of the many tremendous ways in which mediumship can be used, only the aspect of contacting the spirit of the deceased and conveying messages, quote-unquote, from the other side is portrayed in the major media. A fuller use of mediumship includes what has been known as trans-channeling, in which the medium goes into an expanded consciousness and leaves the body and allows another spirit entity to temporarily inhabit the body-mind of the host medium and communicate and channel energies to others. Some mediums focus their abilities in bringing forth direct spiritual healings to others, whereas some devote their lives to helping others by having spiritual wisdom and teachings or other communication channeled to their audience. These are just a very few ways in which mediumship on a very positive level could be used by the mediumistic person if taught to develop their use correctly. Unfortunately, this same ability that is within everyone, you have to remember that, we all have this, can often turn on from various experiences in a sensitive person, and if the highly mediumistic person doesn't learn to correctly manage the ability in certain cases, it can wreak the kind of havoc in not only that person's life, but in the lives of all of those having anything to do with such a person. That same ability that a medium who has learned to develop the ability correctly might use to channel a higher awareness, like a masterful being to help bringing to help bring healing and wisdom to the world. Highly mediumistic persons who remain ignorant of their ability turning on may not know what happens when they leave their bodies. Inadvertently, they may allow other spirit beings with personal agendas to temporarily take over a certain part of their mind and use of certain of their body functions such as speaking, walking, or even swinging their arms. Anyone who has been in a highly abusive relationship usually recognizes that something shifts in the normally nice person and that person becomes temporarily, verbally, physically, or psychologically abusive. 
you can almost always tell that the person's eyes change drastically when such a switch happens. If you've been close to such a person, the first time it happens, you might be dumbfounded. That suddenly you're no longer with your friend, but with a complete stranger, and often it makes you feel very unsafe. You would be correct in your assessment since when this happens, the soul that was incarnated in that body person is no longer present, but has been replaced by a completely different and not necessarily nice soul. In my life, as a spiritual teacher teaching psychic development, I've known quite a few people like that. They are all different individuals. They are of all different racial stock, cultural background, nationalities, educational levels, financial status. Just because someone is wealthy doesn't mean they get a free pass on all this. Religious or not, having different interests, all different kinds of jobs, businesses, and professions. One one common denominator, however, is that In my experience, those who've suffered this challenge in their spiritual growth and psychic development have all been enormously creative and talented people when they are being totally themselves. Some people have learned to keep this as as secret as possible. They've learned how to go about their absence time by looking for telltale signs around them and subtly fishing for information from others to cover their tracks during the time they have no memory of what they did or said or heard or saw. They also try to keep to themselves so others would not see them when they go through this spontaneous channeling experience. This brings about great difficulties in their partners or family members who live with them because they can get very good at hiding this from others in the public and keep the times when they turn in when they turn into others behind the privacy of closed doors away from public scrutiny. Sometimes the out-of-control, mediumistic person is a well-liked, respected member of their community and only turn into their Mr. Hyde character in private. Then the person who is being severely abused in private has a hard time convincing others that his or her partner is also this other abusive person. Such a mediumistic person can often painstakingly maintain a personable or even charming outward persona in public in order to survive with his or her secret. Michael, when did you first become aware of this phenomenon of people becoming someone other than themselves? Well, I start seeing this early on in my life, but the first time I became very acutely aware uh, of a person being completely somebody else all of a sudden was when I was in fourth grade. And the teacher I had normally was a great teacher. And although he was strict and sometimes pretty stern, he was a good person. Then one day in class, he suddenly switched into someone else. <laughs> I, I saw it happening where it's like he leaves the, the re- real person and then someone else comes right on in to his head, to the body, the eyes change, his whole facial expression changed. And right before that happened, the actual teacher, the regular guy, got a little bit 
frustrated, angry about something, uh, somebody not doing homework or something like that. And But once he got a little angry, then that's when the switch happened. His face changed, the eyes changed. Someone else came in to the body. And he became, you know, what to a kid, like, looked like a monster flying into such a rage that he literally, he, he stomped over to this one kid, kicked the, the you know, those wooden uh, chairs you have as, as a grade school kid <laughs> in class. So they're not lightweight plastic chairs. No, heavy duty wooden chair. He kicks the chair literally out, of, out from underneath the kid. The chair goes flying one way. The kid goes flying and tumbling the other way. And I saw the teacher's face all just red and, you know, really mean looking. And the person I knew as my teacher was not there. Some some stranger was in his house, so to speak. Well, fortunately, it was at the end of the school day, so we didn't have to stick around uh, with him much longer. But while the teacher's still in that rage, after he kicks the you know chair and the kid, he covers the entire chalkboard with impossible homework assignments. I mean, we're in fourth grade. <laughs> What's that? Six, seven, eight, nine, nine years old to average. And he's just listing this, that, this, that, and every subject, every book, every everything. And ridiculous amount in each, uh, each subject. And he said, okay, you have to, you have to uh, uh, do all this homework and turn it in first thing tomorrow morning when you come to school. Well, I mean, that evening at home, I'm working as hard as possible. I stayed up all night trying to finish these assignments. and But all night, I got calls from my classmates. They're crying. They didn't know how possibly they could even begin to complete half of the homework assignments. And the kids were scared that they're going to be failed and they're going to be held back from that grade level and what are they going to do? And, you know, kids at this level, we, we don't really talk to our parents about it. And especially this was this was on a military base uh, in Japan, you know, U.S. military base in Japan, an American school. And nobody knew, none of the kids knew what to do. And so, okay, and what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day if the teacher goes into a flying rage uh, and kicks them, you know? Uh, they were all scared. Well, the next day, we all show up to school with as much of the homework as we can present. But the teacher was his usual self again. And it was like nothing ever happened the day before. He had erased many of the homework assignments that he filled the chalkboard with the day before. And then he said, okay, I know you didn't finish the homework assignments, but that's okay. Uh, you have the rest of today to finish it in class. You'll, I'll give you the whole day to finish the assignments. 
as and and here's the assignments you need to finish. The rest of it, uh, I took it off. Huh. Okay. So he treated everything like normal. There was not a mention. There was not any sign of that other person in him that day. So after I received my clairvoyant training from my teacher, I learned to see the spirit being that would enter into the body-mind of the host medium, both when a trained or expert medium was intentionally channeling someone, as well as when an unaware person with high medium-mystic ability unknowingly channeled an unpleasant or destructive being. Then I was able to clairvoyantly see the switch rather than just noticing the facial expression or the eyes of the person changing dramatically. We're coming up on our first break already, if you can believe it. Make sure to check out our website, michaeltamora.com, for all of our upcoming events, including we have a wonderful new set of teleclasses lined up for you in our special series called You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. You can sign up for any of these teleclasses or the whole set of seven. The next class in this series is coming up on Saturday, October 13th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Time. This one is titled Your Dreams and Your Astral Life. When we return in a couple minutes, we'll continue with Who is He? Who is She? When someone close to you becomes someone else. And we'll be taking in callers from segment two. Yes, so listen for that phone number. See you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show. Hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? 
If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're exploring what's going on when someone close to you becomes someone else. And by the way, if you have a question about this topic and you'd like to ask us on air, here's the number again, 1-888-346-9141, and we'll see if we can give you an answer. But do keep your questions to the subject today, which is on mediumship. So, Michael, you were talking about um, the correct and incorrect use of mediumship that you got to see as a clairvoyant and you were trained to see. Listen, yes. Let's hear more about it. <clears throat> well, another example, a uh, very common one, of the incorrect use of one's mediumship is, you know, that I've seen time and time again has been in relationship to people who drink alcohol heavily. Many times the people who care about that person who has succumbed to alcoholism sees and knows that that person definitely has an alcohol problem. But often when they try to approach that person about it, they're met with complete denial. The alcoholic person may sincerely deny that, you know, hey, I don't have an alcohol problem. Or that even, you know, I'm drinking that much. The common defense I've heard many times was, really, I only had two drinks. That's not a problem. But others witnessed that person downing the whole bottle of whiskey or vodka or even a couple of bottles and ended up completely drunk. Did they witness that person drink all of that liquor? Or did they see multiple beings taking over the body-mind of that person to drink all that quantity of alcohol? I've watched people drink like that in a bar. And I can see that the original owner, the soul that's the original owner of the body, left that body after one or two drinks, maybe three. Then... Another being took over in its place in the body to continue drinking. And the being that takes over generally is an alcoholic being, uh, someone who died uh, addicted to alcohol. Not resolving it. And not resolving it. And so in spirit, as a soul, without a body, they can't drink. And they're just going, I just want another drink. 
And then they found, some of them discovered that, oh, if they hang around the bar stools and where the heavy drinkers are, then when they leave the body, they could take over and have a few drinks. And then what happens when the the rightful owner, the soul that's supposed to be in that body, wakes up and with a big old hangover the next day, that being can only recall drinking just the first one, two, three drinks because that being only had those first couple of drinks. Then it's gone. It's like when you get knocked unconscious, you're gone. You're not in the body anymore. But instead of being just knocked unconscious, someone else replaces you. That's how it happens in this incorrect use of mediumship. Michael, you have a story that happened one time in a winery. Oh, yeah. I think you should tell that story because that was um, about an unwitting medium. Yes. And she wasn't drinking. No, this was, that's a really great example. In fact, it was my first uh, real live exorcism, if you want to call it that, is um, it was just a gorgeous day. I had a motorcycle at that time. I was, what, 20-something. And and I just took a, a beautiful drive on the roads of the wine country up in Northern California. And then I noticed this uh, chateau, like a European old beautiful chateau up on a hill. And I thought, I'll go check it out. Well, it turned out to be one of the wineries. And it was a European chateau. It, it was moved from Germany block by block and re, rebuilt. And so it was exactly like the original. So I thought, wow, what a beautiful building. So then I noticed somebody saying, okay, if you'll form a line here, the tour is starting. And I thought, oh, good. I'll go on the tour. It's a free tour. There's only like 10, maybe 12 of us. And I'm toward the back of the line. We're, we're being led through the various buildings, and I'm enjoying the whole thing. And I'm not interested in the wine at all because I never drink. But the buildings were interesting, and the stories about the winery was interesting. So I'm following along, and we go into this one uh, place where they have those big barrels of various kinds of wines. And the first thing I notice over at the far corner, there's this being that's hovering in and out of this big vat of what I found out to be burgundy wine. <laughs> this was a being that was no longer in a physical body, but had been a wino. He, he's stuck on especially burgundy wine. And all, all I can see him is he's inside the vat going, I just want another drink. I just need another drink. And it was very, a lot of suffering. And I thought, wow. And then while I was looking at that, next thing, he zooms in and he goes dives, diving into the head of this woman that was right in front of me. And I realized she was a very high mediumistic woman, un, unsuspecting of anything like that. She wasn't drinking or anything. And this being wasn't capable enough to actually take over her body. 
But she slammed in anyway. Yeah, but he, he slammed, he slammed in. into her so hard, she flew out as a being. So she was gone, but he was kind of in, but not capable enough to even keep standing in the body. So the body just timber falls like a tree. I'm going, whoa, and it's concrete floors. She was a tall, you know, head taller than me, and just boom. And I thought, whoa, uh, maybe she's, you know, injured. And everybody freaks out around there. The tour guide is running around in circles. And so I just go up to the woman, and I kneel down on the ground, and I see that the wino being is in her head. And I look to see, where does she go? So what I do was I go to her in spirit and say, hey, you better get back. This is your body. This is not this other being's body. And I'll help you get this being out, and you come back in here. And she goes, what? And she was a little bit disoriented as a a soul. And then I just grounded her body from the first chakra to the center of the earth, like we've taught many of you who've listened to our shows before. And then I brought in the light from God, if you will, and plugged it right into the top of her head, the the body, crown chakra. And I asked the... the, uh, I asked God, okay, this being here inside this body doesn't belong here. And it was just like sucked out and the being was completely gone. And then she came blasting in to her own body. And at that point, she opens her eyes. She tries to get up and I I said, no, relax, you you fainted. And uh, she goes, I feel great. And her eyes were sparkling bright, and she was back. The the original owner was back. It was her, not this other, um, uh, what do you call it, a uh, wino being. Low-level astral being. Yes. And and she, you know, said, well, what happened? I said, well, you fainted. Because in that situation, there wasn't enough space and permission for me to counsel her and talk about it. So she practically, you know, after I say, okay, get up slowly, she jumps up. (laughs) She had so much energy because she had a total out-of-body experience. And then she would be back in spirit and then come back correctly because I saw to it that, you know, I helped her get back into the body correctly. And now she was like, whoa, this is, I haven't felt this good in a while. So sometimes when um, someone is open like that on a mediumistic level, they're, they're not always aware they have to own their body a little bit more than the, the regular not-so-mediumistic person. So that grounding is so important. Yes. That's for those of you who are really going, okay, so if we know people like that or we feel like you know we're like that ourselves, what's the first most important thing to learn is to learn to ground both yourself, uh, whether you're the one or not, and ground the other person you're with, who's the one who's flipping out of the body. That's the first thing I did with this woman, even though she was the body was unconscious. I grounded her. And for those of you joining us for the first time today, if you'll, if you want to practice this, just go ahead and sit comfortably with both feet flat on the floor. And close your eyes. 
And just imagine you're sitting on this giant tree trunk, huge tree trunk that goes all the way down to the center of the earth. And so one, the bottom side is anchored securely. Just imagine, see it. Imagine it securely uh, anchored into the center of the earth. Ah, snug. And then the flat uh, surface you're sitting on, imagine that just going into the body a little bit. And right above the tip of your tailbone is an energy center we call the first chakra. Um, It has to do with survival, self-preservation, beingness. And just connect. Imagine the tree trunk top of it is connected to that first chakra. And if you don't see the energy center right away, just imagine a, a disk of energy right there and just connect it. Remember, everything works starts with imagination. So uh, if, if you go, oh, well, that's just pretending, that's just imagining, uh, we won't go into the whole uh, lecture about that, but just let all those thoughts go and just imagine it and see what starts to happen when you imagine it without invalidating it, okay? So that's grounding. And the next thing that's really important is for you even if this is happening to somebody else, for you to be in the center of your head and to really own being in the physical body and in this world, okay? Because the other person uh, is leaving. (laughs) They're going out into spirit realms without knowing what to do. And so it's an escape rather than going out because They're capable of having an out-of-body experience and doing things that's productive and beneficial in spirit. And being able to come back correctly. And to come back correctly. So this is first, even those of you who are really interested, uh, we had that uh, episode on astral uh, experiences, astral travel and everything. And uh, uh, even if you're interested in, you know, how do you have an out-of-body experience? The first thing is you have to come more into it. The more you could be in the body, in your regular everyday uh, state, then it becomes easier and easier for you to fully get out of the body and have the kind of -of out-of-body experiences that we talk about, okay? And where you can learn, where you can experience being the spirit that you are and come back into the physical world with a clear consciousness and memory of what did you experience when you were out. So you'll notice these people who don't learn this correctly and the mediumship starts to be kind of in charge of them, they just flip out, go unconscious, come back and have no idea what happened uh, anywhere. So you don't want to do that. You want to be more aware and, and not just get tossed out like this woman did by some uh, being that's, you know, a scraggly old being that's on a low energy level having a hard time. They don't even know how to ask for help, okay? So if she had been fully grounded, this wouldn't have happened to her, okay? Even if that being tried. So this is why we always stress teaching people to really practice your grounding. And those of you who are new to our show, um, if you go to our website, 
www.michaeltamora.com, uh, there's a um, freebie section. <laughs> it says free stuff, uh, you know, at the top. Uh, go to the free stuff and go down the drop-down menu to uh, audio, free audio stuff. And there's a uh, two-hour teleseminar uh, audio download called Spiritual Toolkit, your spiritual toolkit. And that will teach you, aside from grounding, the basic about five or six tools, psychic tools that we teach everyone and that everyone who wants to progress with what we teach needs to uh, learn to learn everything else. Okay, so that's free for you if you if you like to try it out and practice and see what happens. But nonetheless, with mediumship, the first step is learning to ground yourself, being in the center of your head, owning your body, being in charge, saying, ah, this is, I'm spirit, but I have a body. And it's for me, this body is for me to take care of. Oh, we're coming up on our second break already. And there's a couple things I want to talk about. As Michael said, remember to go to michaeltamora.com. That's T as in Tom, A-M as in Mary, U-R-A, michaeltamora.com. And click on to our monthly events calendar and check out our brand new set of teleclasses in the series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. If this is being listened to way afterwards, it should be available as download recordings. For now, the next teleclass of this new set is Your Dreams and Your Astral Life, which will be on Saturday, October 13th, and that's 2018, at 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time. Get all the details for this class about your often secret life while you sleep. Um, One more thing is um, we uh, we haven't talked about Michael's book, You Are the Answer, Uh, Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose. It's available on our website as well as on Amazon. Um, It is a fantastic book. And though it was written a few years ago, um, every page of it still applies to today. And we are still getting people telling us that they keep that book right by their bedstand to read whenever they need to. Anyway, when we return, we'll continue our exploration of who is he, who is she. When someone else close to you When someone close to you becomes someone else. See you in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a game changer in disguise? Are you tired of waking up every day saying, they soar like eagles and I'm stuck in the nest? Well, wonder no more. It's time to soar. Of the world's millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, almost all started with at least one unique idea. Join Crystal for a controversial look at triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a fun, financially free life with their successful guests. Listen to Soaring with Eagles, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Voice America Empowerment and get ready to soar. Follow the Voice America Empowerment channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's good to have you back. And we've been discussing a rather difficult subject, actually, this time, and that is what's happening when someone close to you becomes someone else. We're still open for any questions you have on this subject. Um, you can call at one 346 9141 if you would like your question answered on the air. Um, also, some of you, this is such a tough subject that some of you might be embarrassed to ask your question. So for those who would like to ask us a question that we might be able to answer in a future show, you can email us at our um, radio show email address, and that is livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. And make sure you put that radio in there because it won't get to us if you don't. So it's livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. So, Michael, we were talking about alcoholics and and what can sometimes happen even or just mediums in general so yes and you know uh i've always for a long long time i've really admired and respected uh, uh what the alcoholics anonymous have done all these years the aa and and one of the things that i uh, from many people i've talked to who've gone through or who are going through that program uh, with their alcoholism have told me, ah, the central, one of the central tenets, if you will, and practices of that group is, ah, there's whatever you want to call it, there's a greater power. There has to be a recognition that there's this greater power, whatever it is. It could be uh, the universal energy or God or the source, whatever you want to call it. But there's something bigger than what we each think of ourselves. And and this is me <laughs> kind of a thing. Something definitely bigger and powerful. And it's not until the person really comes to term with that that they can start to be able to let go of their their addiction to to alcohol and things of that nature. Even that spirit that was the wino being in the burgundy vat, he wasn't aware. He's spirit. He's so focused on earthly stuff. That's why he was still stuck in that vat. Instead of moving on like other souls 
who are complete with their physical life and they die, then the soul goes on to their next step and next lessons and next level of uh, learning and understanding, preparing for their next incarnation. And that's why one should never be afraid when they're aware of, let's say, beings without bodies that are around because they can be moved away. Yes. And so one of the things to always remember, if this is something, whether uh, you know somebody you're close to who goes through this fairly often and you get scared or don't know what to do, or this happens to you and you've been suspecting it for a while, like, hmm, you know, I just blanked out. And when I come to, people are looking at me funny. Or I, some of you might have had that experience of being accused of saying things you absolutely know you didn't say. And you defend yourself, I wouldn't say such a thing. That's not the kind of person I am. But when, you know, if one person uh, mishears you or something, that's one thing. But if you get this often or two or three or four people all agree no no we heard you say the same thing or do the same thing and then it's something you ought to take a look at and go wait a minute are they seeing something hearing something feeling something around me that i'm not aware of because when you're gone you're not aware of it it's like I said earlier, it's just like getting, you know, somebody knocking over the head, you keeling over unconscious when you come to, you don't remember whatever somebody said or did while you were out cold. Same kind of thing. Because whether the body is still functioning, you know, walking around, talking, well, when the other being comes in, if they're capable enough, they can talk, they can use the body. Um, and whether it's nice or abusive or whatever, they can do things. But if you just you just leave, then the body's just gonna conk over. <laughs> whether you it, got it'll be an empty body because yeah, there's no being in it. Nobody's home. <laughs> and I've seen that too with with some people who quote can really hold their liquor. <laughs> well, they still leave the body. But they, they have a finger in the body, so they don't give it up to some other being. So they're pretty well out of the body, but they're still awake, and they still can talk. And, and it's still them. There's, it's still them uh, in a kind of a spaced out, out of the body, or uh, drunken happiness kind of a situation. But they don't turn into somebody else, okay, because they're still owning the body. And they haven't fallen asleep or anything like that. Okay. And some people, when they drink, they just fall asleep. And they're out of the body that way, so they don't cause a problem. And it's, it's you know, a little bit better. But also, okay, what? It's, it's no accident that alcohol came to be called spirits. spirits. <laughs> <laughs> somebody sure. had either humor or somebody was watching what was going on. But, I, want, I wanted to mention something yes. else, too. And that is uh, sometimes uh, there will be a being that's influencing a person so strongly that it will actually change in their own mind what another person is telling them. I see that often with ourselves as 
uh, psychic teachers will get a letter from someone and they'll say, Michael said, blah, 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 blah. And I yes. was there. <laughs> he didn't. He said actually the very opposite, opposite. of that. Yeah. And we have lots and lots of examples of that. But it wasn't because Michael had another being, but the person that was listening yes. uh, had another being or uh, just didn't want that person to be on a good path. So sometimes when someone says turn left, they turn right because that's what the energy of this spirit is telling this person to do exactly the opposite of what the other person is suggesting. And it's also sometimes the being is just going la 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 la. So, so can't you can't hear, hear the important parts. Uh, or they'll, like Raphael said, they, they'll whisper sweet nothings in their inner ear or they'll literally replace when someone is especially like uh, a teacher someone teaching them something important and that being doesn't want that person to understand it or hear it because it depends you know if they hear it oh that being's not going to have as much control over that person's mind anymore so they'll say the exact opposite and they'll insert not or no in, inside before the word or whatever. And that's what the person believes, sincerely believes she or he heard the other person say. As my uh, many years of training beginning psychics, that's one of the things most beginners have to do is learn when there's beings around them and when they're not and how to clear them out. And to recognize once in a while we all have to kick one of these out because there's billions of beings out there. Yeah. There's billions of beings in bodies and there's billions, trillions, gazillions of beings out there who don't have bodies and some are not that interested in real evolvement but just in playing and diddling around with other people. Yes. And so just becoming aware of this energy is really important using the tools Michael talked about. And so there's the first thing is, is really taking care of, you know, not consuming uh, stuff, substances that provokes most everybody to push them out of the body. All right. So alcohol is the most common one, but most a lot of drugs will push the person out of the body. In fact, even legal, you know, medically prescribed drugs that we need at times, like anesthesia, definitely. The reason anesthesia works is it completely pushes the being out of the body. But it's done for a particular reason. And if it's the conditions are all good, then, you know, we don't have to. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of us could handle being operated on without anesthesia. That's right. <laughs> so so sometimes it's it's uh, important purpose for it. But, ah, it's you have to be able to come back after the anesthesia wears off and resume your life. And uh, so, but then when you do things like, oh, what's alcohol? A very, very highly refined sugar. sugar. Yeah. It goes into the bloodstream right away. Well, what happens when a person consumes too much regular sugar? Ah, lots of all the goodies. Well, you know, of all the... Uh, school teachers I've talked to, grade school teachers especially, they don't want to come in the day after Halloween. <laughs> Why? Because the kids 
so many of them are totally out of control. They're, they're bouncing off the walls from having consumed so much sugar the night before. Of course, people are, parents are becoming more and more aware, and they don't let their kids do that much of it, but, but still, there's quite a few that do. And what happens? Well, kids have smaller bodies, less tolerance. When they have a supercharged level of sugar all in one evening, and in the next morning, okay, that, that knocks them right out. So, and when you're a kid, as a soul, you still have so much more of your life force than most adults. And so, when you go out as a child, <laughs> the energy that comes through and gets jacked up is Huge. supercharged. Sometimes so, monstrous. Yeah. <laughs> So, poor school teachers. <laughs> That's what they have to deal with. Okay. So then, uh, in terms of what else can you do to maintain your space in the body as a senior soul? Well, that body that you're born into belongs to you, no one else. All right? You don't have to give it up. So, one of the things... Okay, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give it up in fear that of being taken over. No, that's not going to help. But how do you own your body so that you're always senior? Nobody can do a thing. You're the boss. That's you're what the being boss. senior means. Yeah. You are the boss in that body. And so you have to know that no other being, good beings, bad beings, doesn't matter. No other being is the boss of you over your body. Okay, it's you are given the right. That's your divine inheritance. Okay, that's your body. So you don't have to give it up to anybody. But if you're avoiding being here, then you're inadvertently giving it up. So really look at your self-worth and, and how much do you appreciate who you are? Do you appreciate your worth? The more you do, the more you are able to love yourself as you are ah, and forgive yourself, the more you're going to be senior in your body here and not give it over. Yes. As our friend Danian Brinkley says, we're all great and powerful beings and we don't know it. And we're not talking about on that ego level of, I'm so great. Not that. But just knowing that we are whoever we are and we're developing and evolving. Well, our show is almost over, uh, amazingly. <laughs> uh, join us next Wednesday right here on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael tomorrow for our next episode. Hello, anyone there? Speaking with your spirit guides. Please remember to tell all your friends about our show and share it on social media. That would be very helpful to us. And be sure to check out michaeltamora.com about our current series of teleclasses we've been talking about. You might be more psychic than you think, developing your soul abilities for your spiritual growth and fulfillment. Join us for our next teleclass on October 13th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time. If you can't get on the phone during this live teleclass, you can always purchase the MP3 download by calling our office. Until then... Be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. 
We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.